In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts. We promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. From 1971, this is Hunky Dory by David Bowie. Guys, I, I I actually I screwed up and I was trying to find Hunky Dory uh, like movies online, and I found one, um, but it was a uh, Finding Nemo porn parody. Hunky Dory. <laughs> hunky Dory. Hunky Dory. Oh, hunky Dory. Yeah, there, uh, there used to be a Hunky Jesus contest in Dolores Park. I don't know if it still is, but it'd be like same thing. Hunky Dory. Hunky Jesus. Hunky Jesus. Who comes to that? Who goes to a Hunky like? Because either you're uh, like, do you see all these trophies I have behind me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hunky Jesus, third place. Damn you. <laughs> There's only two contestants. Yeah. If I would have brought my own Hunky Judas and he would have pointed to me and said, that is the true Hunky Jesus, then I would have won. <laughs> and all I won was 30 pieces of silver. So actually, I think I got the story reversed there. I got to go back and check. But uh, no, but I saw that Hunky Dory porn parody and it was like, oh no, I need to find my stepmom in the ocean. Stepmom and she's yeah she was stuck. Oh no, a, a, a school of bonefish. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I actually have quite a bit of these written down. Stepmom stuck in coral. Yeah, I just wrote hammerhead shark question mark. I'm not even sure if that's a joke, <laughs> but I wrote it. Um, and I didn't write it. I actually come up with these on the top of my head, guys. Well, listen, we the don't electric t- eel. Yeah, we. Did. <laughs> that that, that <laughs> that's making me laugh, but I can't quite put my finger uh, on why. Uh, all right. So let's turn on K-Rob. 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 Last week, we learned one thing about Aaron. When he test drives a car, he really drives that car. Oh, yeah. When Aaron walks in, he's out of breath. His wife said, did you fall off your bike again? Aaron's excited and tells her no. The dealer finally has a car to show. Yes. Aaron wants a car that is cheap. He won't buy it, but he wants to lease. And he goes to the <laughs> dealership. Says, can I test drive it, please? The dealer asks him how long he'll be gone. Here's the bill. Aaron lies and says not too long. <laughs> but it turns out it's not the truth. His trust yes. time was so I'm calling the bubble. Now we see Aaron driving up the West Coast. Oh man, dealership's about to close. Yes. Aaron still hasn't shown. Five hours test drive for his new car. Yes. When roll, down that, yes. the roll down that moonroof, let the wind blow through your non-existent yes. hair. Some amazing vocal rage on that one, Rob. Yeah, impressive. Well, if you notice, I did not take much of that more than once because I would not have been able to sing that high. And even then, it was if you really listen back, it's questionable. Beck did it better. 
Welcome, everybody, to Beck Did Better. We are going through the Rolling Stone Top 500. Out. Listen, I told you in the introduction. I don't need to say it again. But I've got three of my best friends right here. That's right, guys. I said it. I'm getting in touch with my emotions. Uh, and my emotions are touching back. Uh, don't like that. Don't like that I said that. Are you, uh, I've got are, are you lying down or are you, standing, are you standing up or are you lying down? I've told you before. When you do it standing up. It is not relaxing. You actually get really tired. Like I thought I was tired doing it lying down. When you're standing up, it's like muscular tired. You're like, you feel like you run a marathon. You're like, oh, is this what Usain Bolt feels like? <laughs> and I'm doing that thing with my hands in the mirror. Like I'm looking like, oh, like I, like I just finished. Uh, never mind. Okay. I got, I got Russell in Minnesota. Russell, how are you doing? Guys, there's no way this episode will be a saddening bore, for we've recorded 87 <laughs> times before. So we spit in the eyes of the dumb shit listeners who text me saying that listening to Rob's jokes is a chore. Yeah. yeah why is Bowie talking about spitting on people all the time? He does it more than once on this album. Maybe that's his thing. Listen, I, that well, would he had a lot of things. Yeah, but I think that would be one where if, I, I would say, okay, now that's one where if a girl said to me, listen, I want to spit on you. Oh, no. no oh, gee. Oh, I, no, we're not going to say no this episode. I was going to give you guys a little speech about that before the show, but we're not going to say no. We're going to roll with the punches. And then if we need yes to edit it out later, I'm happy yes to edit it out. Um, yeah, yes, and. Uh, it depends how good looking she is. <laughs> and then I would let her spit on me. So there wasn't a lot there. There wasn't like a big bit I had planned. To, but if she was like, can I spit on you? I'd be like. just, But just don't say no to that bit. Yeah, but that's another one too. Like, once you get married, can you imagine being a kink like couple that that's married? Oh my god! Like, where would you even find time to spit on each other? Like on a Saturday? <laughs> you kidding? Farmers market open tomorrow. We gotta get going. We can't stay up all night spitting each other's mouths. Forget about it. Uh, Matt, Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? Uh, good, I think. I don't know. Was... <laughs> Matt's like spitting in mouths. <laughs> yeah, this can't be the running joke. Uh, no, please. no, no. Yeah, great. No, I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me. Yeah, speaking of running jokes, that Usain Bolt joke from earlier. Uh, and I've got Aaron in California. Uh, Aaron, who, uh, he he thinks that what Will Smith did is unacceptable. Uh, even if he was just going to take his mom and dad's car out for just a little drive. Okay, here's the situation. Oh, I like it. Topical. These beats, man. Of course not. Of course. You know what that taught me? This Will Smith slapping the person thing did, Aaron? What did it teach you? I'm sorry that I made fun of you for being bald. Okay. I'm did, Now I feel bad about it. Are you, That's on me. Are you concerned that I'm going to come, come through the screen and slap you? But I, Aaron's wife at gmail.com might come through. Yeah. And Aaron's going to go, Kid, are you going to do something about this? He keeps saying my head <laughs> looks like a giant egg with glasses drawn on. First time ever I wrote a joke for this, this segment of the podcast. I wrote oh, this no. down. I'm happy to be here. With Rob, a.k.a. Comedian, Chameleon, Corinthian, and Caricature. Let's talk about wow. David Bowie, yeah. Dory. Nice. I have cons- I have often uh, said under my breath, I'm a homo superior, but uh, a lot of people don't, uh, <laughs> don't understand. They don't read Just Nietzsche wait. like Just I do. got to give way to the homo superior. Guys, let's get right into our voicemail. The freaks on the phone. Oh, yes. me alone. Well, it's like alone. right? <laughs> I keep forgetting that's not really Aaron there. It freaks me out. Hey, boys, it's Krista. Just calling to let you know that you have reached a new level of fandom with the podcast when your listeners are starting to include you in their everyday life. I received a text from oh, yes. another listener who's going to remain nameless, and they were having 
extremely bad guess, apparently. And I texted back and said, what? why? And they said, I don't know why. And I said, no, why are you telling me? And they didn't know <laughs> why. Well, that's like just over share all the time. And they said to um, send th- sympathy for their partner. And I said, well, you just take a shot of apple cider vinegar. And if you don't know, that can help kind of with digestion and all that. People are known to take a shot it's of like melatonin They then responded this and said, I feel like Russell making his drinks and sent a picture of red wine vinaigrette asking if that would be the same. So oh, no. are now um, being mentioned just in passing and we can relate to Russell's lack of having the proper ingredients. Um, hope you all are doing I'm well. so uh, happy. To be part of our listeners' gastrointestinal journeys. It's great. Like, I just love that when they're dealing with stuff in their guts, they're thinking about us. I know. Can you imagine? Aaron, (laughs) picture our listenership, okay? It's a bunch of fat Midwesterners who regularly debate what sort of ranch (laughs) is best for their cheese curds. (laughs) All they're doing is going to the bathroom constantly. Like, they're experts. Like, oh, my tummy hurts. Good thing I'm an expert. All I eat is dairy all day. Like, get out of here. (laughs) Maybe I can fit this mini fridge in the bathroom over in that corner. (laughs) And I know this because I'm their king. Okay, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm their hunky Jesus. You know what I mean? It's, it's the hunky New Testament with me. I know what it's who they're about. praying to when things are getting rough in the bathroom. Well, thank you so much for calling and talking about your friend's gas. Uh, Appreciate it. I am sure that uh, Russell is going to continue. I think Russell, by the end, by the 500th episode, is definitely going to have every ingredient that he's going to need for a fully functioning bar at some point. Right? Yeah, he's going to get there for sure. Yeah. As long Are as you, I have those as long as I have those pomegranate seeds or whatever figured out by the end of it, I'll be I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> that pomegranate disaster a few months back wasn't good. Let's get into rolling going. It's 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 time to see what everybody's up to. It's time for rolling going. Oh yeah. The introduction is so long. Like we're just all staring. We haven't seen each other for like two weeks now, and we're all just kind of staring at each other. For everybody to write the rolling going, (laughs) well, wait till the intro and then I'm gonna jot down some notes. Aaron, rolling going. How's it going with you? No, Aaron, we actually take a lot of time to prepare this. Oh, it's going great. Uh, So, firstly, uh, my family and I were in uh, Palm Springs on vacation last week on preschool spring break. And I've I have a I have a recommendation preschool for our spring break. Yeah, I mean he's he's off of, he's off of, off of preschool for a week. So what are we gonna do? Stay at home? Preschool, we gotta go have spring some, break. It's spring break. Like I can I can see us at like college being like it's spring break. Let's go to the beach and we're all like have a cooler. And we have all these beers and we just go yeah. there and it's just us and like three hundred preschoolers who are just there <laughs> totally unsupervised. We're like. We're like, oh shit, this is preschool spring break. This is a total disaster. Why do we think this was going to be a good idea? So yeah, we went to Palm Springs. We rented a house with a pool. It was fantastic. My son's favorite thing about Palm Springs was the Air Museum and the Pearl Harbor diorama narrated by Tom Brokaw. We had to go to the Air Museum what? two times because this he really, Tom really enjoyed watching the uh, Pearl Harbor narrated by Tom Brokaw. And I have a recommendation for our listeners. There was a book at our rental by an author named Justin Kerr, and it's called A Place to Bury Strangers. It is a fictional story about uh, about uh, Joshua Tree National Park and the desert. And if you're fascinated about the desert, as I was at the time, I got to recommend that. But as you know, 
No, can, never, can, we, can we understand, like, you guys decided to take your son to some sort of World War II memorial museum? Yeah. Or what's going yeah. on here? He, there was an air museum in Palm Springs. And so I was like, they got planes there and stuff. So I was okay, like, yeah, all right, let's all right. go check. Yeah. And he could, like, get inside a plane. But okay, uh, he, was, sense, he was really into uh, son, yeah, the this diorama. is truly the greatest generation. Now let's go home and watch this confirmation of a Supreme Court justice. And he got really, he got really pissed at me because I wouldn't let him watch the full. There was a History Channel special playing in their little uh, theater there. There was a History yeah. Channel special about PT boats, and he got really pissed because he couldn't stay and, and watch the entire thing about PT boats. Because, what the fuck are you doing that you won't let your kids watch? The PT, PT boats, boats are his favorite boat of all time. He was like, he was like, oh, I want to vote for John Kerry so bad. These people who drive these swift boats are so awesome. <laughs> And you're like, where? How do you even get that reference? I that know, right? Sense. But so, instead, he's like, no, we have to go. We have to go learn about the desert. I mean, get out of here with that shit. Teach your kid know. about the desert instead of awesome army boats. You suck. But I took him back. I took him back. You will not sit in here and be silent in this museum. <laughs> Keep on moving along. Yeah, we went to the air museum twice. I took him back. But more importantly, as you guys know, uh, I never say the interesting thing first. So I'm glad, Rob, that you mentioned my new course, car in last. the opener because. Yes. Uh, so last you time we recorded was a, how did you know, Rob? <laughs> the last time we recorded no. was Yo, a Friday night. I had purchased the new car on Friday. <laughs> the next day so on much. Saturday, <laughs> we were leaving the driveway on Saturday no. at 4, 4.30 p.m. <laughs> I love this. I love my new car. I can't see anything really when I'm going on my driveway. There's no real windows <laughs> on the side. But other than that, I love yeah. it. I think it's going to be so, just fine. <laughs> Rob, you totally got this nailed. So we were leaving the driveway, and we had both cars parked in the driveway. As, oh, no. Because we thought it was like, like we had a real Tetris in there. Like, we're like, oh, this is like, yeah. These, and you are not used to having two cars in the driveway. That's no, like a no, new sir. thing. You're, no, we were a one-car family. So yeah, That's right. Um, I pull out, and I'm trying very hard not to hit the old car because we're going to try oh, to no. sell it. So yep. I don't want to scratch the old car. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to, I'm trying not to hit the, the old car with the new car. And we've got this like garden type thing outside of our house with like this retaining wall. That's like 18 inches high. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this happened, but the front tires missed it. The rear right rear tire ended up on top of this retaining wall. Oh, no. And it gets out of the car and is no. just saying to me, this is bad. Aaron, this is bad. Yeah, I get out to check it out, and you're Wallace. in the back, and you're in, the, and you're in the back yeah, seat. You're like, the, oh, yeah, you know, I don't know what's going on. Jeez, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. My door. Why stuck. is this so weird? We dropped. Yeah. yeah, Wallace is in the back in his car seat. I get out to look. Both rear wheels are off the ground. So mm, the, the right rear tire is up on top of the retaining wall. The left rear tire is mm-hmm. suspended off the ground, and so we try to figure out how to get out of the thing. We kind of like. We decide we're going to back up first. So we back oh, up. No. It dumps yeah. down off the retaining wall. Bad. And now the retaining wall is like jammed into the right, like the passenger door. So then oh, we eventually decide, like, okay, we can like maybe turn to get this thing out. Anyway, long story short, tonight is Sunday night. We don't even have a full tank of gas. We've not even used a full tank of gas in the new car. Tomorrow morning, I'm taking the car to the body shop. It needs a brand new passenger door. Oh. <laughs> a new car. That is going to get a brand new... How many new, miles is on that bad boy? 115, maybe? There were 61 oh miles on it. But all of, those were, all of those were test yeah. drive miles yeah. that you took, yeah. right? Since yeah. you've owned it, there's nothing. They were all Ferris yeah. Bueller miles where he had the two wheels up on the back and he was gunning <laughs> yes. it. Yeah, 100 miles are wheels spinning. Please. 
please ask the guy if this is the lowest number of miles that he's ever seen in a car that's replaced the door. Please see if you're if you're the champion. I gotta be close. Shop. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was at like 49 or 60 miles. I can't remember exactly, but it was definitely less than 100 miles. Back so, then. Aaron, I got. I have to ask. I have to know if you're gonna do this when you go in. When you bring it in, when he asks you what happened, are you going to say the wife did it? No, oh. no, sir. No, no way. No, I will not. Aaron, no, Aaron, I will, Aaron, I'll own up to it. I'll edit it out, but come on. Are you thinking <laughs> about it now? Are you thinking real hard about it now? Like, ugh, you You're going to be so embarrassed if you go in and admit that what you did. Yeah. Well, no, I already took it in, though. So, I, like, I don't know what the order of this stuff you're supposed to do is. So I took it to the body shop first. Well, step one, don't drive into your ret- retaining wall. I don't know if that's yeah, on your I, list of what to do like, first. <laughs> He just looked at me and like, this was before we had made the insurance claims. So I took it in to get the quote at the body shop. And he looked at me and he was like, tell your insurance company what you yeah. did too. He was like, I would have just paid for it. Yeah. We had to, we had to call, tell the insurance company we had a new car that we wanted to put on our policy and then be like, <laughs> by the way, oh, we no. fucked up the new car. Yeah. Can you please make a claim on the new car? Oh no. Oh my God. So they think you're just running some sort of insurance scam. They're like, well, there's yeah, no right. way. Somebody could be so fucking be. stupid that they ran into something that's been in their yard. How long have you lived there now? Eight, uh, eight years. So yeah, eight this years. thing has been there for eight years. Aaron was so careful not to hit the car that he then backed off an 18 foot cliff of his driveway <laughs> and then was like ramming it back and forth, just making it way, 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 way worse. And the guy at the body shop was like, what did, did you, what did you hit? Like a, a boulder or something. And I like, I didn't know. I was just kind of like, mm-hmm. like I'd try not to give too much, yeah. you know, give mm-hmm. too much away. I hit a boulder. What really yeah. happened there? I hit no, a I boulder wanna, jumped up from below him. and hit me. That's why there's no damage anywhere else, yeah. but like on the bottom of the door. So yeah, brand new car, nicest car I've ever had in my life. And uh, now it's going to be out <laughs> for eight days while they put a brand new goddamn door on the thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Aaron's in charge. Look out ladies. He's got a new car. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, we both need to get in the driver's side door. The passenger side door doesn't open. It's, I hit a boulder. It's not important why. You got to really lift up yeah. and pull and then, hard yeah. to get it open. You know? And then shut and it's yeah. a son of a bitch. And actually, it gets pretty cold because there's a giant hole going into the car now. So we have to you know, uh, uh, bundle up. Yeah. We need to sit real close that's to each it. other. That's the, that's the car update. Uh, I guess we're turning this into a, park, a, car, a car podcast. Another example. Of just what it would be like to be married to Aaron. Just you don't know. Uh, it's you just it's don't know. it's you, no, you do Life's know. It's gonna suck shit. It's gonna be really, really, really bad. Because Aaron went directly from cleaning his records to then going out and destroying their brand new car. The good news is, Aaron, is that you don't have to think about turning around and doing anything with that lease because it's gonna be worth jack shit by the time you're done with it. You can put yes. it into a destruction a destruction just derby. Turn somewhere. that thing in three years from now. I haven't made a single oh, payment on it yet. That's, yeah. that's not good. And you know, and that always sucks because it's always when like I bet you had like something really fun planned for the rest of that day too. And it's like, hey, we're gonna go to the air and ice cream museum and I'm going to let you watch all the movies about PT boats that you want and then instead you and your wife are yelling at each other out in the front lawn for 45 minutes in front of your kid. We you were know. on the way to another five-year-old's birthday party. Oh I don't know how God. this oh keeps <laughs> I would have ran that thing up on the retaining wall too. Screw that. Oh, yeah. I'd pay the insurance bill. <laughs> 
<laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Why didn't you come to Johnny's birthday party? Uh, Aaron drove the car off the retaining wall. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. I can just yeah, see right. Russell in the before. car. Russell's like, okay, where are we going? <laughs> uh, a five year old birthday party goes, ah, okay. And he just looks over his shoulder and starts cranking <laughs> the wheel. Left, yeah. <laughs> and I really regret not taking photos like when the car was jacked up on oh, the retaining you had, wall. You like, did not take photos. Come on. No, I didn't. I, no. I totally, like, it was like I completely messed up. I should have taken some photos. Wallace no. should have been Wallace should have been videoing you guys like sitting there thinking like, yeah. well, if we just crank it just a little bit to the left, I bet we can get off of this. And so, you know, like yeah. that, that should have all been on video. So how, how mad does your wife get mad at you in situations like that? Like just mad at you, just nothing you can do about it, but she's mad. You just have to eat shit or what? In this case, she was pretty quiet. So I think that meant oh, she no. was mad, but I, that's you know, really bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> the best photo of a terrible decision I ever made. I don't know if I've ever told you guys this story. We were up <laughs> at this cabin we go to every year. And it was super windy out, like like eighty mile per hour winds or something. And one of the what? resort like one of the resort owners came over and said, "Hey, you guys might want to pull your boat out. It's supposed to be really windy." And in my mind, I was like, "What the fuck's gonna happen? It's just gonna sit there on the dock. Like, like what? You know, what's the worst thing that could happen?" <laughs> so we leave the boat out there. Yeah, huge storm comes through. Nobody tells raining, winding, and everything. We go out and look out where our boat was. The dock is no longer there, and our boat is gone. Oh, and we're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> So we're looking out in the middle of the lake and you can tell there's like a, a boat or something. You can see something floating out there, but it doesn't look mm -hmm. like our boat. So we get in like a pontoon or something. We go out there. It turns out that it got so windy that it ripped the dock out of the ground, up into the air, upside down. And it landed on top of our boat upside down. So in the middle of a lake was our boat with a with a dock flipped upside down, laying on top of it. It had smashed like the top of the boat and everything. So we go out and we drag it back in and we've got to be like the jackasses of all jackasses. <laughs> We're like the resort owners looking at us like, yeah, we mentioned you might want to take it out. Instead, you ruined our dock because you left your boat out there, you asshole. I would I would just say, actually, this is now a party barge. OK, so let me. Oh, where can I park it? Oh, guess what? Fucking anywhere, dude. It's got a dock on it. I can actually park this anywhere I want. <laughs> the dock is a boat. I think I figured something out here. This is huge. Matt, maybe I could share the picture with you for the Instagram if this makes the final cut. That'll be good. Yep. Yep. That'll be good. Oh, it's making the final cut. Hey, Aaron. And that's the other thing, Aaron. You could have sent us an Instagram of this car all fucked up. At least take a picture of the door. I want to see I, the door. I'll send you a picture of the door. But yeah, I, I didn't take it. I, I messed up. I made a mistake. Yeah. On one hand, Aaron, it sucks because it's always, you know, we don't like to see bad things happen to people. But on another hand, I, I fucking called it. Like, I think we really have been doing too much of this podcast. I just said, you crash it. You're like, yes. And I was like, oh, yeah. well, there's the story. Like, Sorry to ruin it for yeah. you. So, Aaron, were you pissed or like, what's your style? So, what, what, something like this, if I get into a car accident, if I lose something, mm -hmm. I cannot handle it. I do, no. I do well with certain types of stress, but that type of thing no. would ruin my day. It would ruin my week. It would piss me off forever. Like, do you get over this five minutes in or, or what does it do to your, your, the way you carry about the rest of your day and your week? I think in this case, we were going to the birthday party. So my first thought was, okay, how are we going to get at least Anna and Wallace to this birthday party? And then oh, what a dad, I don't know. It just, it felt like, yeah, it felt like, well, this was such a dumb fucking thing that I did that like, you know, I, I, I got over it pretty quick. I still replay it in my mind. Just the same as like, I missed the wordle today for the first time ever. We don't talk about wordle on the podcast, but my first wordle failed today. And I keep mm -hmm. replaying my fifth guess over and over in my mind. So like I do okay, but then I like, I lie down to sleep and I'll be like, if I had just done something a little bit yeah. different, if I had just said, Anna, would you get out and make sure I'm not going to run up on the retaining wall, you know, over and over again. But I mean, nobody died. We're all okay. So it's, it, you know, it's fine. <laughs> 
she's probably doing the same thing. You know, it's just like, she's like, I wonder if I just would have married somebody different. Like how different my life would be. I wouldn't be stuck in this small ass house going to five-year-old birthday parties all the time. Uh, and I would probably have uh, uh, multiple good cars, you know, and With, not. Uh, without a busted up door. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, at least Aaron's going mountain biking. Nothing could possibly go wrong today. So. Rosie's wife at gmail.com would have a whole bunch of like nice new cars. Yeah. If you know, and if Rosie wasn't married to her, then he'd have a microwave. So I don't know. It's kind of good. It's like everyone makes sacrifices yeah. for the people yeah. they love. If you guys want to check your phones real quick, I did send you the text. You guys will get a laugh out of this. Okay. We forget. Oh, yep. There it is. Okay. So that is definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. That. That is. Oh, that is a whole dock on top of a truck. Not only is there a dock with the giant wheels sticking up perfectly on top of a boat, just sitting there. There's also, I would estimate, 30 people out on the shore looking at that boat with a dock on it. So everyone's like, who the hell left this boat out there? And and I'm just like standing in the corner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, That was my only mistake was not getting good photos of the incident. Russell, you had the you had the presence of mind to do that. That's when you say very loudly, like, well, I'm just helping this family get the boat out. You know, <laughs> dumb shits. <laughs> Matt, rolling going. How's it going with you? Uh, good. We've I've kind of been a, pulling a Russell and traveling on a whole bunch of airplanes since I, we talked last. And or Beck did it better. That's all you need to hear right there. It's not too much. And since this opening these, is so long, I'll just start talking. That I like. <laughs> Tell us about I actually cut this down too when I play it. Hit it, Rob. Fly tonight. So Sarah and I, we were in uh, Atlanta this weekend um, for Sarah from Atlanta, her 40th birthday. So happy birthday, Sarah. It was, it was real fun. Her husband did a great job putting a big surprise together for her and everything. So it was good. But on the flight home and See, the flight now, out can there, I, just, I guess. Can I just interject yeah. real quick? And I hate to interrupt Matt because he actually gets mad. That's a normal fucking birthday party to go to, Rosie. Do you understand that? Like you go to an adult 40-year-old <laughs> birthday party. That sounds great. Yeah, I, I would love to do a thing like that. I'm sorry, Listeners out there, if you're having birthday parties for adults, I'm available to attend them. <laughs> Okay, that sounds yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I want here. Adult birthday party. Here, it's going to show up and be like, "Oh, wait a minute." Hey, adults! I am here for the party. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, it's, fellow adults. It says on the invite, "Adult party," but everyone here says they're here for fucking and sucking. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Oh, is that kind of adult party? There's a whole bunch of new pairs of socks right by the desk. It's a fuck fest. <laughs> they got new pairs of socks. Oh, it's a fuck fest. It's a fuck fest. <laughs> All right. So we were at this, you know, and so the whole thing. So we walked in. I hadn't seen Sarah in five years kind of a deal, right? And Sarah, my my wife, Sarah, was like longtime friends with this Sarah. And the Sarah went to St. Olaf. You guys might have met her. And so we walk in. She starts bawling. It was great. You know, like when you haven't seen people for a very long time. Now that sounds like an adult party. Some bawling. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was fun. But so we're sitting on the, on the ride out when we're, when we're planning the flight, I'm like, well, you know, how do, how do you want to sit, Sarah? You know, like, so again, with and and her response was, why would anybody talk about this for multiple hours on a podcast? (laughs) This is the least interesting thing to me ever. Oh, you guys talk about this all the time. It's like, yeah, actually, we we all have very strong opinions about flights now. Thanks to this podcast. Are you down with who's framed Roger Rabbit? (laughs) Matt's doing all his plain bits. He's like, this is funny when I take a picture with my thumb down. (laughs) So what what, what, what do you guys decide? I would like, I would like, I would like a, like everybody can you can see the clock right like 36 oh, two, oh, I would like yes. 
40 seconds all right, with no interrupting. All right. So these I are get good, through these. These are good funny bits. So 40 seconds. I'm, I'm here for 40 you. 40 seconds. Okay. So I say to Sarah, you know, how do you want to sit? Like, do you want to be in the middle? We can sit aisle aisle. You know, we can sit next to each other, but I'm not sitting in the middle. So you'd be sitting in the middle, you know, kind of a thing. So we decided to go aisle aisle, right? So on the Y, on the way home, I'm in 39D. She's in 39C, right? And she mm-hmm. is by the big guy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And the big guy is not a nice big guy. He's kind of a jackass. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, are you two married? Well, would you like to switch? And I said, no, you know, yeah. and, you know, honestly, it was just because this guy was kind of a jacket. So then I kind of felt bad because I'm like, oh, well, no, Sarah's going to sit by this guy, you know, <laughs> for the whole ride. And he's just a jacket. I'm like, oh, you'll be, you'll be fine. You know, like you'll be able to get to the back kind of a thing. And so, but do you guys ever separate? from your uh, significant others when you're flying? Like, t- have you done this? Cause I think this is the way to go. You both sit on the aisle, tell everybody else to go fuck themselves. I've is never done approach? it. I think I've mentioned this before. The one time we both sat on the aisle was not on an airplane. It was actually at a comedy show and the comic, the stand up, the comic picked up on it right away and picked on me for sitting across the aisle from my wife. And he was like, Oh, y'all are married. Everything. Okay. Like, so that's the only, I've not done you it. You were like plane. holding hands across no, the have, aisle though. I no. can see you holding hands across we, the aisle. Yeah. We were not. Everybody's falling, walking by. Whoa. Whoa. It's hard for Jenny and I to sit by each other when she's in first class uh, and has gotten upgraded. <laughs> and then true. that's true. Uh, it ha- leaves me with the kids. She says the flight attendant's back for your credit card so she can buy headphones That's, or whatever. Yeah. Right? Oh my God. You sh- Jenny's got a fucking drawer that is just <laughs> full of free of Delta headphones. It's it's all <laughs> when we go on a flight, I pull out I pull out three pair. I pull out like one for all the girls and I and an extra pair. But and then I say to her, please, we have so many headphones. You know you're going on a flight. You know your Bluetooth headphones won't work. She's like, okay. Comes back, brand new pair of headphones coming from the plane. She's like, so on these on these three trips that I've taken, um, you know, I've been, I'm kind of the outcast because I don't eat lettuce, right? I don't like vegetables. So every time we go to these restaurants, <laughs> right, I got to do the whole thing of like pushing the salad around to make sure it looks like this. But I think I have found something. Go ahead, Rob. You're the outcast for not even eating vegetables. Instead of, hey, yeah, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> we even gave you time to think about that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't All want right. it. No, so, but I, I think don't I found something that's even worse. Because, like, apparently, like, the, oh, well, I don't kind want of the, know this. the coolest uh, thing to do the these days is to share as many yes. plates as you can. You order yep. eight different, whatever, whatever. But, like, one, I don't want. I ended up at in Houston at a Viet, French Vietnamese place, right? And mm-hmm. you guys can imagine just how messed up that is for me, right? Like nothing but <laughs> tidy meat yep. order, and then just a whole bunch of like greens and things I've never even seen. Just before, the right? worst. So, and so it's just the worst. And so these, oh, we'll order one of these. One of these, like bean sprouts and mint and cucumbers. It's your own personal French Vietnam, if you think about it, really. It's like, I was in the shit. I had all these salads coming at me. I didn't want to eat them, but I had to share my meat plates with everybody. And so then, you know, finally, one of the people was like, does, does anybody, does anybody want to, 
just is anybody everybody okay with sharing or does anybody want their own plate? I'm and I Who's just said, you know, I I won't I'll take my own plate, you know, yeah. kind of a thing. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, and then you, you know? and then everyone thinks you're the one making it harder on people, right? They just yeah. want to order a bunch of stuff, pass it yeah. around. And, and I just, you know, I just want to so then we go, you know, again, then we're out last night at this pizza place for Sarah's birthday, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, let's just order like seven pizzas, right? And everybody can just take, and I'm like, no, no, I'm gonna Get get my own, you know, and so I, I think I'm the new weird guy. I think that's even weirder than not ordering a salad. I don't know. I'm confused about how this is back already. Like COVID aside, I know. like yeah. even if you're even if you're not worried about getting COVID, what we learned is that you get COVID from swallowing other people's spit. I know we're going back to the, the you know what? the topic. Aaron, you love like, to talk about it. What the fuck happens? My God. Like, now I that keep shit it is in. gross. Like what? Are, yeah. how, how do you think these guys are sharing? Plates People here. got like COVID. They're not like they're not like eating off the same fork. Yeah. They like they like use a the serving thing. spoon and like push push you know, it out of cool their plate and that's talking about, about yeah. and everything. That's fine, but like that's how we all. That's how that's how these diseases are transmitted. Is like by yeah. being close enough to someone that they're spitting directly into your mouth. So like, why are we still doing this as a society? So you can imagine, you can imagine my joy if I get to go have a dinner with these two, Matt and Aaron, where we're out sharing plates. Everybody's mad, but not for the same reason. Everybody's really yes. upset. <laughs> and meanwhile, Russell's writing everything down, and I know he's going to use it for. No, I'm, saying, I'm into it. Like I'm into it. Yeah. Like Rob, if you if you want to come to my house, I will put down just a big plate of chicken and some rice on the side, and everybody just dig in. I'm happy with I, that. I, but if you're out uh, with people yeah, you don't yes. know that well, I'm so pumped to go to Aaron's house for chicken and rice. What a oh, treat! Oh, it's wow. about like risk calculus. Legos. Like when is it worth it to be swallowing someone else's germs? Like Matt, I don't know if these people you were with are worth it for you. But then, I mean, you really think about it, like, I mean, the, the people cooking it, right? Like, do they, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. It's kind of a slippery slope. Rosie. I mean, it is. Well, like, it is. You know. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking Rob, about? Do you even know what they're talking about right I now? I don't. I, well, Rosie's <laughs> whole thing is like, right? Like, don't cross contaminate anything and like, don't let anybody else right. breathe. And it's like, but it's like, by the time it gets to you in the restaurant, there's at least five yeah. other people that have breathed on it. I'm just, just saying say. like, there's a lot of other people's saliva on your food if you're sharing plates. And don't even get me started about washing hands to the bathroom. That's all I, I know you think you you're trust these people. You have I, to I, trust these people that they wash yeah. their hands if they're going to be digging in the same plate as you. I know, Aaron, you think you want to go to an adult party, but it does not sound like you're ready for a full-on <laughs> fun fest. It sounds like you might... <laughs> Aaron's like, okay, but it's I'm wearing a dental dam the whole time. <laughs> it's the new mask. A dental dam is my new mask. Okay, so the last Aaron thing I saw Aaron walks in with today. one of those masks with like the skull and crossbones onto the fuck fest or whatever it is. Yeah. He's got a hazmat suit. He's yes. like, oh, I'm just here for fraudage. And don't ask how I know that. It's not a big what? search term. For what? It's the it's a it's the fancy French Vietnamese way of saying uh, dry humping. Oh God. Man, the last thing I saw, Rosie. Rosie, here's the last thing I saw today. Sarah, we're in the airport in, in Atlanta, and my Sarah wants to just get something before we get on the plane. She finds this place that has like these vegetarian crepes or something like that. You know, they look good, but it was, they had like frozen yogurt there too. So I'm like, I'll get some frozen yogurt with yeah. like some granola on it. It'd be great. Yep, TCBY, okay. baby. So we're getting up, we're getting up there, right? And all of a sudden, I see there's like two orders that somebody apparently made wrong or they didn't want them. Or something like that. And so the worker grabs one of them, goes and opens up the soft serve thing. No. Pours it back in. No. No. And I'm like. Now, for some reason, Aaron's giving me two big thumbs up to that. He likes that. I don't get this at all. And And so then I'm like, I don't want a frozen yogurt anymore. No. I can see how that would have happened to you. Why? 
Why in the world would somebody take something like that and pour it back? I don't know. Sir, you're oh, lucky. The machine, idea. when it was putting out ice cream, also put out a plastic spoon. So you actually got both. That's a, we call that a Jack Horner situation because you were lucky. You got the, because I'm, <laughs> do you guys see what I'm picturing here? That he poured in the plastic spoon. It's coming out. It comes right into your, okay, never mind. So the last thing is Rosie, I too, about a week and a half ago, had my first miss on Wordle and it is. <sighs> unbelievably heartbreaking and I feel your pain. Yeah. Thank you, man. You know, the sun will come up tomorrow. It'll be okay. There'll be a new word tomorrow. You'll be all right. But I'm excited. But, I'm yeah. humbled, but I'm ready. Thank you, Matt, for your kind yeah. words. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll never know what that's like. So it can't be me because if I do get it, <laughs> if I do miss the word, I will simply lie about it and make a fake wordle <laughs> like I did on April Fool's. Everybody's too sweet. I sent a fake wordle on April Fool's. Nobody cares about this. But I sent a fake wordle saying hilarious. I got it in the first one. And everybody's like, yay, good for you. And you know what? I was proud of myself. Like I got I got yeah. fake responses to my April Fool's joke. And I was like, oh, thanks. Everybody loves me so much. Maybe I should lie all the time. I think that's we, why those compulsive liars do it. It rocks. Lying all the time rocks. know you love rocks. stolen valor, Rob. You're on record oh. as loving stolen valor. What other kind of valor? Actually, I'm not on recorded record. That was a post podcast of me saying that. But what else would you get valor besides stealing it? It's the only way. I mean, listen, there's a, you know, there's a parade. Sure. I'll dress up in a military uniform and walk down the street. It's fun. Everybody says, thank you for your service. And guess what? I have done some stuff that I should be thanked for. So yes, I'm assuming they're talking about the podcast. So <laughs> just stolen Valor guy, my favorite. All right. Um, Thanks, uh, Russell, rolling going. How's it going with you? Yeah, rolling going. We've been talking a little bit about dinners being out. Man, I was talking about eating. I have a dinner experience to share with you guys. Rob had mentioned that they do this out in New York. Uh, they actually do it in Minneapolis too. It's dinner in the dark. I went oh! to dinner in the dark oh, a few yes. weeks ago. And I thought I could share my experience with you guys. I want to hear it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We are both going on a date tonight, just Russell and me. When I ask him where we're going, well, he just smiles and says, you'll see. We are going steady. I hope Joe from Look Woodbury is at listening. Yelp to see pictures of food and to get feedback. But all the pictures are the same. They're all just squares that are black. I order spaghetti. Russell <laughs> and I are eating in the dark. Oh, yes. Chowing down snack and slices of pork. Why did I wear nice clothes? Disappear. Russell's chewing is the only thing I hear. I oh. need to go. <laughs> this is the last time we do something that was planned by you. That's oh. <laughs> why I thought oh, Rob right. just composed that on the spot. I like, came up with it real quick. That's yeah. incredible. Just like <laughs> off the dome. So, so I went to dinner at the dinner in the dark at the Commodore. Have you guys ever been to the Commodore in St. Paul before? I think I have. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of this, oh, it's this bar attached to this hotel used to be open for dinner, drinks and everything. Now it's just open for special events, but are you sure it's open? Are you sure you didn't just go to a closed restaurant (laughs) and you're like, God damn, these dinner in the dark. I love these things. (laughs) (laughs) So it's put on by this company called fever up fever up. I suggest all our listeners check it out. They do all sorts of, 
cool events. They do like Frank Sinatra by candlelight, where you go and you listen to Frank Sinatra in the dark, Taylor Swift in the dark. They do weekly dinner in the dark events. So you go as long into as this room, 1989 can, and not red. I'll be fine. What, as long as uh, <laughs> what, what, how do they form a company just by doing normal shit, but in the dark? It's a great idea. I have to say you guys <laughs> dinner in the dark is a must do. It is so much fun. You get there and you have a choice of three different meals. So you can get meat, fish or vegetarian. And when you walk in, they have a candle for you. So it's either blue, green, or red, depending on what type of meal that you've ordered. You sit down at this table and it's very dark. They've got some music playing. It's yeah, very dark so. already. So one fucking thing they do, I hope it's pretty dark. <laughs> well, no, it's dark, but then they also, you put a blindfold on. So it's dark already. <laughs> oh, and you dark. put a blindfold on. So you put the blindfold on and you can't see anything. You, you, it's, it's nothing. But the, you, your waitress oh. comes out. You can order drinks and everything. Okay. Uh, you just kind of got to be very careful with what you're putting. So they had. Sir, give me your hand. I'm going to show you where the fork is. I mean, I'd be doing that joke all day long. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, no, I must have reached into a jar of hard-boiled eggs. This doesn't feel like a fork at all. Can I tell you what my ongoing joke during the dinner in the dark was? My balls, yeah, please. By the way. So, so this is like only me would do this. So we get to the, we get to this bar. It's this really cool bar beforehand, but. You you have to wait for a while. You you get you have to be there 15 minutes early. Really, you're there for like an hour having a drink beforehand or whatever. So when we were there, we got this like order of you know, like uh, I don't know bread and olive oil, just like as a hey, we're just having at we're just wasting time or whatever. But we didn't eat it all, so we put it in the bag. So we go in and we're sitting in this dinner in the dark. Like every 20 minutes, I would start crinkling the bag like I was eating <laughs> bread <laughs> out of the bag. So just to kind of annoy everyone, I would constantly be zipping and unzipping things. That would be the funniest joke to me. Huh? Somebody in this dinner in the dark just unzip something? Like everybody's looking around at who it could be? Or you just get a little pound so, underneath the table. So yeah. So what happens if you, like my big question is like, what happens if you have to go to the bathroom? Is this like a dorm college situation where you just pee wherever and hope you're in the bathroom? So the, so the way it kind of went is there I'm was sorry, only far, farmhouse. Doesn't, doesn't everybody have a just story like that where somebody came ever. back to somebody else's dorm room and was like, oh yes, the bathroom. And then just pissed all over their bunk bed. <laughs> No. Oh, okay. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> no, it's just you. <laughs> no, so anyway, so actually, don't loan that guy money. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard about that. <laughs> don't lend that guy any money. <laughs> Public service announcement. If anyone knows from St. Olaf, don't lend him any money. <laughs> Me with my checkbook. Scratch, scratch, X out. Void. <laughs> Can I withdraw my Venmo or yeah. not? I mostly remember this guy from pissing on my roommate's bed, but he does say he's a he's actually an African king, so I he's think this is gonna work out. It, so. Yeah. So, anyways, you have it was a three-course meal. So there's an appetizer and a main course and a dessert. And so one of the reasons. I, at one point, did get up and go to the bathroom, but I waited to kind of make sure my one course was done. And then you can kind of communicate with your waiter or waitress. So you can kind of say, like, hey, can you give us a few minutes on the next course? So when, when, but when do you communicate? Like, well, they like, come out they and they come check by, Are they wearing, like, like snow pants? How do you know that they're there? At they, walk, they walk <laughs> out. They Quarter walk out right. and they say, hey, can I get you anything? They, they use their oh other, other communication. That would be so scary. That would be... 
sir, can I get you? Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. It's like Batman. <laughs> so you can kind of get up and just quickly put your head down and walk out without seeing what anyone is eating pretty easily. So I got, so I got questions. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like first time date, you know, when you're not able to like see the person and how they act. I mean, like how, how does, how does that go? And you know, it's like, first, <laughs> Russell loved I mean, it. don't you want to see how they react to this stuff? Or is it like yeah. one of those things where they're getting scared and it's mm-hmm. like stressful. So it's good to see. It's, it's you my know, go-to how, move on a first date, Matt. Keep it in yeah, the dark. Yeah. Keep it in the dark. That's what I'm saying. So why does this, why does this smell like mulch in here now? <laughs> don't pay it. No reason. Who's that unzipping? I don't know. I think it's our, is it me, sir? Your waiter. Ah, by the way, I'm going to put all the waiter noises right in the right ear only. So it sounds like the waiter is talking to you just in the right ear. <laughs> yeah. so, so one question I was going to have for you guys is if you went to dinner in the dark, would you use silverware or would you use your fingers to like feel around and eat stuff? I think, you know, I was thinking about this. I think that I would um, use silverware at first, but I think you'd have to just go to your fingers and go like Gollum style where you're digging around looking for the food. Yeah, I'd say go with your hands. Like, get in there. Do you get a napkin? Some I ended wipes? up going with my Who hands cares? for most of it to, like, pick stuff up. And then you I can tell, like, if there was some sort of, like, yeah. rice or something that you couldn't really, you could kind of use your silverware a little bit on stuff like that. But I went with my hands. But I, I believe I'd I was in the minority I'd, in the I'd room in that did that. You really went with your hands on a date in the dark. So your, your, your date, here's, here's what it sounds like to your date. There's music playing and people are talking. It's not silent, Rob. <laughs> I'm with Russell. I think it's okay. I there, mean, at no point can you hear other people eating, Rob. There's oh, music okay. playing That's, and people are talking. That was actually my number one question with a bullet is, do you just hear people eating? But for some reason, when you say it's dark, I also think it's quiet. I don't know why that is. I don't know why I put that together in my head. <laughs> no, I was, I was with you, man. I'd eat with the hands. Get in there. Yeah. Get so, uh, <laughs> don't say that about a date, Aaron. Inappropriate. My, the one thing I have to say is, this was a great experience. You are so not focused on anything else. Like if you had a bad day at work or a tough day with your kids or mm-hmm. something like that, you were sitting there and you were just completely in the moment of trying to figure out what you're eating and using your sense of smell and yeah, your you sense of taste and touch. Oh. It is so fantastic. I got so Did ask, you ever get, I, I got to ask you a couple of things. I'm, I'm so yeah. sorry, Aaron, but you got to shut the hell up. Here's the thing. Number one, <laughs> how do you not spill your drink every single time? You just got to be very careful. And so I, what we did was we always kept our drinks on the far right of the table up against kind of the, there was a wall. Oh. So we kind of kept our, we always kept our drinks on the far side. So we didn't accidentally hit them with our I hands. I would think that place would just sound like broken glass. And then, you know, there's broken glass everywhere. And meanwhile, so you can't see the broken glass. Nobody can clean it up. It's there. It's it's there all night. And meanwhile, you've stripped down to absolutely nothing. You are nude monkey guy eating dinner with your date. (laughs) And it's super erotic because nobody knows how naked you are. Oh, my God. Aaron will get mad at me for this, though. But my date and I, we did pass plates back and forth in the dark as well. So we were sharing plates. But I know Aaron doesn't like people to share food anymore. It's not that. No, here's the. I I feel that I've been misunderstood. It's that yeah. you should only share with people you trust. And Matt's talking about being in places like Houston and Atlanta where right. like he may not know everyone at the oh, table. Yeah. There's like, there like 16 people. So, yeah, you don't it's know not their like, family. I mean, you don't know how they were raised. Like, you don't know how clean these people are. But Russell, your date, you, that's wonderful. You should be sharing a dinner in the dark for sure. I mean, a dinner in the dark, you're just spitting in random directions and just hoping it goes in your date's mouth, you know? <laughs> Russell, were you sitting across from your date or next to your date? How do you configure? We were sitting, ac- we were sitting across. So if we, if we passed, oh, wow. essentially what we would do was wow. I would hold mine to the side 
and she would hold her out and just keep sticking it forward until I grabbed it. And then we would, yes. would kind of swap. But oh, I love it. I'm going to edit out the easy. word. I'm, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to bleep out the word plates in that story. And it's going to be so good. I love it. <laughs> and so, Russell, did you ever get, maybe you're going to get to this, but were you ever completely baffled? Were you ever eating something and you were like, I do not know what this yes. is? No, um, there were times where you couldn't maybe taste certain flavors of it, but you had a general idea of, I was pretty close on most things. There might've been a, a flavors or one, one ingredient or something that you didn't really know, but for the most part, you were pretty, pretty close on course. You want me to tell you what we had? Yeah, hell yeah, I want to know. What if you wanted salt or pepper? How would you not just pour one the both on? I mean, I have so many questions. How did the waiter bring the food without just like putting it on your head or something? And like the the waitress would essentially walk out, and they were very good about telling you what was happening. So they would, they, <laughs> boo, I'm here. Here's no, so bitch. they would walk up and say, "So I'm bringing you guys your first course," and they she would set them and down. The table and next to you would say, "Us." Me? And then you'd go, no, no me? it was, it was pretty cool. They had you spaced out pretty well. So it's not like you were on top of the other people. Oh, well, Hey, then cancel. Guess what? My dark dinner. If I'm not on top of other people, cancel it. But so she, she was pretty good about telling you, Hey, this is in kind of what type it's in a bowl or it's in a plate and here's where it's at. And she kind of explained to you where stuff was. So the perfect waitress for a dark <clears throat> restaurant would be like dinner a former, yeah, dinner in the dark would be former sex operator, phone sex line yes. person, right? Because right. that's all they do is they're telling you what they're doing all oh, the time, right? Here's what I'm doing right now. You know, I'm finally, man, here. you're finding jobs because all these phone sex operators are out there being like, you know, right? nobody's calling us anymore. I don't even think 900 numbers exist anymore. What can I do for a job? And meanwhile, Dynamite Entertainment. Who is it again, Russell? Who are we plugging? It's called Fever Up. Fever, Fever Up. up. Uh, Fever Up Entertainment comes and goes, listen, you have a sexy voice. Can you serve this food? And they're like, we're right here on your right. Here's the here's the beef. <laughs> and by the way, there's some sauce on it, but I'm not going to tell you what the sauce is. That you eat the sauce. You're like, I don't know what that sauce was. So I got to know what the menu was, though, Russell. I want to hear it. So I, I, I we got the meat dish. We we each got one of the different dishes. So some I will say this. When we did see people that both ordered the meat dish, like at a different table, I was like, what fucking idiots. Like yeah. they're just eating the same thing. They That's can't boring. trade or anything. Yeah. How late. <laughs> so here's what was on our, our meat dish. First course, beef tartare. We've talked about beef tartare. Oh, before, beef tartare. So it. good, but cannot eat that with your hands, bro. Love it. Oh, cannot eat that with Why your hands. You beef tartare. It's raw fucking beef, dude. You can't have that on your hands. You're going to eat it. Well, you're going to wash you your hands. It, some, at some point. You cannot you have, have it on your hands. Guys, if you think you can have beef tartare, eat it with bare hands, please text in. Uh, to, uh, to 802-277-BECK and say, I'm a fucking idiot because you're an idiot if you think that you should eat beef tartare with <laughs> Or if you're a worldly person and you understand that people ate raw beef with their hands for thousands of years and still alive, still were alive, please text I, uh, in, I understand I, uh, how the world works. <laughs> you. <laughs> this this also day. came with a crispy quinoa and preserved lemon. So this oh, was, the, it was essentially a beef tartare appetizer. I love preserved lemon. I love it. Set main what course. the fuck? What is preserved lemon? What do you mean you love preserved lemons? It's like old ass lemon. It's like all crumbly and <laughs> no, black. They're preserved like, in salt. They're shit. delicious. Yeah. Oh, is that what that is? Time. Is that the little black lemon limes? Because Suzanne and I have those when we go out and we are always like, what the fuck is this? We never know. It looks like Elf's butthole. <laughs> main course for the meat <laughs> dish was braised short rib. Yeah, asparagus, a red wine gastrique, and then this is the one where I had to use the the fork was a creamy Parmesan polenta. So oh, that was nice. one I yeah. could not use my fingers on. You yeah. get in there with your fingers, they're going to get kind of messy. Yeah, I, I get yeah. It. You down with CPP? Right. Yeah, 
creamy spermata. All right. So then there was also a dessert for this first course. Now I gotta say, Ooh. I gotta, I gotta say this. Like if they would have said any kind of chocolate, <laughs> I would have been like, I bet it's dark chocolate. <laughs> and it's like, hey, what's that shuffling noise I hear? It sounds like a date leaving <laughs> and grabbing a bag full of bread on their way out. So the, the dessert for the meat course was a dolce de leche flan, vanilla bean yes. whipped cream. So a flan. Ooh. Jesus. Did you now I gotta I gotta ask that question, Russell. Yeah. Did you eat that flan with your hands? No, I did not. So that's okay. another one where you can Because if you kinda, did, you I can, was gonna say that's gotta be what it's like when you first dessert, start you know, masturbating. It's be a mess. Like you're gonna just <laughs> Fuck So so I'll tell you guys what the fish course was, and then oh, you can I'm see so why sorry people for talking would, over your joke. <laughs> <laughs> because the last joke you made ever be quiet for was an absolute all timer. So we sure, for sure don't want to. Thank you. So the, the, here was the fish course. First course, grilled shrimp, pineapple fennel, peanut, coconut, Ooh. coriander, salt. Oh, wow. wow. So this is one That's where you good. can start feeling uh, around with yeah. your fork and you're like, okay, I can grab this and eat it. And you could tell immediately it was shrimp. For shrimp. Sure. Yeah. You know, right away. Tails or no tails. <laughs> yeah. Tails or no tails. I did not eat those tails. Yeah, nobody ever does. <laughs> you in a in a dark restaurant, <laughs> sir, sir. Again, Rob, it's not a quiet restaurant. <laughs> it's a dark restaurant. <laughs> the waiters pops it. Are you eating the shrimp tails? We could hear it all the way back in the kitchen. This restaurant is so quiet and so dark. So the uh, the next was uh, I'm going to get back to this, but it was fish parsnip puree, carrots, oh, yeah. walnuts, green apple tapenade. So the dessert Matt, Matt, is a, I, is I, I tried parsnip puree only because I was out with mm-hmm. and Sarah was with me and I'm like, oh, I have to try it. Not my cup of tea. Don't like it. So the yeah. dessert was a triple chocolate mousse with strawberries, sea salt and olive oil. So this is where like oh, the yeah. sea salt was very it was great in, yep. in the dark. It's, it's a nice. whole different thing. Now, was that uh, was that dark chocolate? <laughs> it was quiet chocolate, I think. <laughs> So, See how good that so joke here's was? Where, here's where I got pissed, though. So here's where I got finally annoyed. I loved everything about this experience. Here's what I didn't like. So at the end, they come up and they you can scan a, a barcode or whatever, and you can see what was on the menu. Because they don't tell you what's on the menu beforehand. It's You have no idea. So you go and look. Turns out the fish that we have was called the catch of the day. They literally don't even tell you what kind of oh, fish was on the bullshit. menu. They just say it was the catch of the day. Oh, that's what not good. What bullshit. That's I was bullshit. gonna say the best thing they come up and then here, here's your bill and they don't let you see what the actual bill oh, is. Yeah. That would yeah. be good too. <laughs> were your senses heightened, Russell? Did you feel like Daredevil in there? Like, could you like? <laughs> were you smelling more? Were you tasting more? Do you think? Like, yes, all of your other senses were on fire, Rob. How about the conversation? Was the conversation easier because you weren't like looking at three co-hosts when you're making a great joke about flan and flaccid penises and your three co-hosts just look at back at you blankly? You don't get those stares on a dark. Thing. So I bet it would be great. Well, here, you know what? Every every time, every time the conversation would stray away from me, I would crinkle my bag of bread just to try to make a joke, Rob. That I'll tell you what, I have turned off the video and we are yeah, now going to do a po- we're doing a <laughs> podcast in the dark. Okay. But I can still see Russell and Matt. Well, so I, I gotta know, ask it's you like- guys, would I'm 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 curious, <laughs> would you guys ever go do dinner in the dark? Yeah, I think it sounds fun. I think it sounds 100% right up my alley, except I would bring kids. I'd be the one guy who brought kids. And I'd I'd have to to constantly be telling them, like, shh, shh. Like, turn off your phone. Turn off your phone. 
there is no way I would do this. No. And, and, and it's like, and it's not, and literally, no, I, and I understand like you have laid it out perfectly. Right. It sounds like a great time. It is not for me. It's pro- my wife would probably love it. Somebody should take my wife. To what this what if someone planned a menu that they knew you would like though, Matt? What if they, what if you knew all three of your courses would be stuff that you, your wife would mm-hmm. know that oh, you then would pro- like? You know, then probably. Yeah. You know, then I try to like, if I knew like what the menu was ahead of time and it I was knew, just like, crab legs in the dark, just yeah. crab legs. For the first course, crab legs for the second course, crab legs for the yeah, dessert oh my course. God, crab legs dip those. Nightmare. Just <laughs> then the What's next that zipping sound? Have- and it smells like somebody's rubbing d- butter, clarified butter, all over mulch. That's so weird. <laughs> I, 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 you're, we're talking to a guy here who got mad when his sandwich got cut and there were flecks of lettuce on it. Matt that is, is not going to eat exactly. a meal in no. the dark. I was going to ask you guys, would you ever do this with your kids? Would this be like a fun activity for your kids to do like lunch in the dark with your kids? You turn the lights out, you bring out some of your kids' favorite snacks. God, yes. That's actually a great idea. I don't think my kid would go for it because he's very picky about food, but I kind of want to try it now. It, I it, like it. I think you could sell it. I think that's a great idea. You know what, Russell? We might genius. We might have to do a closet lunch this summer. Just I'll get in the closet, hang out. Lunch would be tough or dark. I think most of I would guess Dynamite <laughs> Inc. is mostly selling dark like dinners and not like dark brunches or something like that. But it's called Fever Up. Fever Up. Okay. Uh I would say, um, yeah, I think that I think that would be uh awesome with kids. I well, you know my famous dark story, right? I've told you guys before. Let's hear I it. used to do a lab where I teach about how light works. And and kids always think that light works by like going into your eyes, right? And so I would find a closet in a dark room. And I would stuff my whole class into this closet. We could all fit in the closet. So there's like 23 kids, middle schoolers and me. And I'm in this thing and I hold up an apple, right? And I turn off all the lights and it's like dark, dark. Like, have you ever been like in a cave underground dark? Like where it's just like, oh, I'll never. I've been at at a dinner in the dark with a blindfold on and it was dark. (laughs) But you could hear stuff, Rob. Could you hear stuff in your your dark closet or not? I've had lots of dates ask me to put on blindfolds, but then they they say they want to put it on. So I don't get what that is. It's like a weird kink they have. Um, But uh, so, yeah, so I would stand there and then teach them about light. And they would be like, oh, yeah, my eyes are never going to adjust. And I was like, yeah, the light has to bounce off things. And then we'd be getting ready to go and I'd turn off the light or I'd turn uh, the light back on. And I would have put on a clown wig that I'd hidden in the closet earlier and I had a knife in my hand and I went, whoa, oh my God. and then I turned off the light again. It killed. Okay. It was, a, it was, I mean, it was literally the talk of the town and like city council. The talk of a lot of people, actually. There were a lot of adults who the wanted police to talk station, about this. The parent, parent meeting. But I did yeah. that. I, I legit did that lab for like three years and I knew it was bad because other teachers at this school would be like, oh, you did what? And I was like, yeah, isn't that great? And they're like, no, you shouldn't be in the dark closet with kids for 15 minutes. And I was like, yeah, but I'm teaching them about light. And they're like, you, sh- you shouldn't do that. And one of those kids was named Fever Inc. And he went on to start the dark dinner. Uh, he liked speaking it so of, much. Speaking of being the talk of the town, Rob, Roland, going, how's it going with you? So if I said to you guys um, that we're at an elementary school carnival, okay, first of all, Aaron would be like, yeah, I call that a Tuesday. But uh, yeah. um, normal stuff. Normal stuff. And I said that we're going to do a cakewalk. We're going to do a cakewalk. Do you, would you guys know what I mean by that? You know, they Almost. have cakes, cakes on chairs. It's kind of like musical chairs, but there's cakes. But like, don't sit on the cake and fart in the cake. But just like, <laughs> once you stop at a cake, you get to earn the cake. Yeah, like you walk around and there's numbers like on the chairs or on the ground. And then the music stops and you're standing there. And you pull, if they pull your number, you win a cake, right? Mm-hmm. I know about this. Do you know about this, Matt? Is this something you did? I've never done it. I've seen it a couple of times. So yeah. Uh, 
There is nobody in New York who knows what I'm talking about. Not a single person out here knows what a cakewalk is. There's somebody I work with from California who knows what it is, but I was describing it to coworkers and they, I was like, yeah, you'd walk around and at the end you'd win a cake. And they're like, oh, like a slice of cake. And I'm like, no, you would win a whole fucking cake. I would be in fifth grade and I'd be walking around with this fucking cake knowing I am fucking king of the world. Cause I got, and guess what? You want to win early. Cause guess what you get to do? You get to Choose go pick. Cake. You get to go yep. pick the fucking cake. So I'd go back so there and pick donate it with German chocolate. I'd end. Up, I'd, it didn't matter. I'd get the biggest one. I was like, it doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> I mean, because I would eat it at dark in the dark too. But it was me sneaking out to the kitchen at night. That was my dark dessert. That's. <laughs> but yeah, I. But then you explain that to people here, and they look at you like, "What? Nobody knows what a cakewalk is," and it makes me sad for them, honestly. Rob, would you when you would win first? Would you pick a homemade cake or a store bought no, cake? Fuck that. I'm always picking a store bought cake. The biggest one, no question. Yeah, the biggest one with the biggest frosting roses. Like I, I yes. So if you don't know what a cakewalk is, can you just email in and say uh, I don't know what a cakewalk is? Call eight zero two two seven seven back or text in and just tell us what state you're from because I'm trying to figure out where exactly a cakewalk. So basically, we're going to get a call from Magic Mike 69 because yeah. everybody else lives yeah. like Edina. So they yeah. obviously know it. Well, and what's her name? Tush down in Texas or whatever her name is. Oh, she'll, yeah. she'll call in. And folks, you know what I really think takes the cake? Let's talk about the album. It's oh. for nobody's favorite part of the show. Let's talk it's about the album. music podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love this dinner, but it sounds like someone's sitting in our cake on the table. Does it sound like that to you? I can't hear Muffled you. It's too parts. loud in this dark restaurant. Yeah. Way too loud. I'm trying to get somebody to turn down the music, but they uh, they don't actually see me motioning at all. The restaurant is find the volume. It's so so dark. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, we tried, but all we can do is turn the bass way up. Uh, All right. Uh, And again, that was in your right ear because that was the waiter voice. If you're listening on a left headphone, sorry, you missed a bunch of jokes. That's on you. So listen, this is the album where a lot of people point back to it and they say, "This is David Bowie becoming David Bowie." Right. Um, The album before this was the man who sold the world. And it was a little bit more bluesy and guitar. I looked back at the track list for that song, did not recognize a, a single one off of it. And then, so then he comes out and he does this uh, hunky dory. But what's wild is that it, hunky dory comes out and it's basically a flop. Like this song comes out, it's super piano based. It's got, I mean, I think we're going to, we're going to talk about it, but it's got killer song after killer song. This album is, yeah. you know, it's as, it's as thick as a picnic. Like this is unbelievably just a great album. And everybody's like, huh? And then after this album is when he comes out with uh, Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. And everybody goes, whoa, that's a fucking great album. And then they go, hey, you got to check out this album from before. And so Hunky Dory kind of, in retrospect, becomes uh, super famous. I think he was about making music that sounds really fucking good. And it's interesting because there's actually, to me, there's a lot of Beatles influence. And he was working with an engineer who had worked with Paul McCartney and George Harrison. And uh, he sort of like talks so much about America because he was like, always in conversation with, with the United States. But to me, there's a ton of Beatles influence on here, but like, who cares what the songs are about? They sound fucking amazing. So the, the first, listen to this first song changes, right? I mean, this, he can, he can start an album. Still don't know what I was waiting for. And my time was running wild. Album sounds so good. It is crystal clear. It is so well produced. He produced it with another guy. 
Ken Scott. Shout out to Ken Scott. I had to look him up because he was the engineer on his previous record, and he engineered uh, George Harrison's All Things Must Pass. And yeah, shout out to Ken Scott because uh, he and Bowie created a whole sound here that just sounds great. Do you do you think David Bowie's the king of the build? Listen to this right here. Just listen. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, he and changes I the tone of it. He, he, it sounds so fucking good. This album. I keep talking about how I don't like strings on pop records, but I love every string flourish on this record. I think it's just all perfectly done. Yeah, I, I agree. Next up, "Oh You Pretty Things." Ugh. No other rock and roller could sing "Oh You Pretty Things" and sound awesome. This sounds like a Dylan piano, right? Yeah. And then listen, so the build comes up too. So this is a song where he's referencing Nietzsche again. God, that name keeps fucking coming up. These guys are all reading Nietzsche. Should we all be reading Nietzsche? Maybe we should. Listen to this. <laughs> right here. Oh, this is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So what's wild is that this is another one of those songs where he wrote this. So David Bowie at this point was really trying to focus on his songwriting and it was selling his songs to other people. And he had actually written this for Peter Noon of the Turtles. So this is oh. 1971. Peter Noon released this version in April. Bowie released his version in December. But listen to Peter Noon's version. I kind of like it. Oh, I like it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty square. Doesn't this just sound like a Paul McCartney song? It does. It sounds so much like Paul McCartney. I'm going to carry that way. Yeah, Matt, you're totally right. Carry them. Yeah. Those two songs to open the album. I listened to this album so many times getting ready for this, and I enjoyed I was happy every time I got to sit down and put it on. It's so good. I thought I never, about it when I was when I was having when I was having dinner in the dark and the whole time, every time I'd eat something new, I'd go, Oh, you pretty things. <laughs> it's kind of creepy, kind of not creepy. Didn't yeah, creepy at, at all. No, totally. Oh, you pretty things. Okay, real quick. I gotta ask. If you have to go to the bathroom, do you yeah. have to ask a waiter to come get you to what? And then walk you to the bathroom? No. And are the you, lights on in the bathroom? You take your blindfold off, you get up and you walk through the dining room and you go to the bathroom. Oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> That's kind of boring. Did, well, no. You got to zip your fly up first, though, because Robbie talked about the fly up and fly down the whole time. You got to make sure it's up. At any point, then you go. were you walking by somebody's plate and you maybe just grab a little schnibble off their plate, just a little bit? Just You know they're not going to see it. A couple fries. Yeah, just, just a, grab a couple yeah, fries. Matt, there were no fries. You would have been pissed. Eight-line poem. This guitar sound here. Oof. Yeah. But this sounds like a George Harrison sound. Yep. So this is him. Pretty much reuniting with his old guitar player, Mick. Uh, Mick Ronson. He's great on this album. He makes a bunch of different sounds. Oh, yeah. He's so good. I mean, this was the band that became pretty much the Spiders from Mars, plus the the piano player for Yes. So he's got a stacked band. Plus, you know, we got another David Bowie saxophone solo coming up later in this album, guys. Ooh, it's I our know. Favorite. The sax on here is. It's our favorite thing. Maybe I missed it earlier. Where does this compare to the first two albums that we've listened to on the list in t- in terms of chronological? Station by Station is way after this album. That's like his okay. his I'm going to eat hot peppers and drink milk and do cocaine phase. This okay. is right before That's Ziggy. 76. Yeah, this is right yeah. before Ziggy Stardust. Got ya. And in fact, he was going 71. through Ziggy Stardust when he was doing this so much so that the album was the the record label was like, I don't want to even give any money to this album because by the time we show everybody Hunky Dory. David Bowie is going to have moved on to a new persona, which is kind of mm. what that changes song was about. Right. 
And now, yeah. so go ahead, man. Well, I'll just say, I'll, I, I, the only thing I did in preparation for this was to look up this little faction here. So I'm going to just say it. David Bowie's got five albums on the top 500 list. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. Okay. The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust at 40, Station Great. Station at 42, this one at 88, Hunky Dory, Low at 206, and then Scary Monsters at 443. They were all done between 1971 and 1980. And so Jesus. out of the 500 best albums of all times, David Bowie's got five of them, and they're all in like a nine to 10 year, ten year span. Yeah, and wow. it's like, un, if, I mean, like, there's somebody can make the argument that. He is one of the most influential musicians of all time, just based on some of that stuff. So I mean, it's, a great it's not, yeah, it's a nobody, great yeah, nobody's going to argue with it, but like, that's some pretty heavy power right there. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy every time we've come up on a David Bowie album, it brings me yeah. joy. Every time I listen to this, it's, it's, it's so good. And this song, I mean, yeah. Do we give it two claps before we even listen to it? I mean, this is just so amazing. Good. Life the first on thing Mars. I was thinking of, Rob and I were talking about this earlier, and I said I was listening to this album a few times today. And when I got to this song, I I listened to it like four times in a row. And I needed to ask Matt, Matt, you have this list of perfect songs. Is this on your list, or did this get consideration not, but it, or but, not? But it should be in consideration. No, for sure. Right? Like, yeah, absolutely. I have an announcement to make. Yeah, I think this might be a top five pop song of all time. I I I, okay. I agree with you. I think I think David Bowie could write a song. I'm gonna just say I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he could write a good song. Number one, God Beach only knows by Beach Boys. I had to think about it. <laughs> Number two, uh, uh, Hot for Teacher, of course, by Van Halen. Number yeah. three, shit, I had this list all done. I can't remember it anymore. And number five is this is Life on Mars. It's so good. It's incredible. Yeah. You hear that piano? It's just amazing. Yeah. So this is recorded at this studio in London, the Trident Studios, and I think Bowie, a few of his other albums were recorded there. But so one of the late additions to this album was this guy named Rick Wakeman, who was a session musician who brought in and ended up playing the piano. And Bowie kind of told him, like, you play the piano, and I'm going to work everything else around the piano. I just thought that was really cool, but I was reading a little bit about this piano, and he played this piano, which was a hundred-year-old Beckstein grand piano. And it turned out that this was actually one of the most famous pianos in music or rock and roll history. And uh, we'll get into why it was famous. But so nowadays, like I was reading that, like all instruments are mass produced. So everything sounds the same right now. Mm -hmm. But back, you know, when pianos were made hundreds of years ago, they're all handcrafted. So they all sound a little bit different. And this one had harder hammers. So you really had to hit the keys hard and that's what uh, kind of gave get that oh, bright and that shit. crisp tone. Right? I just so that uh, tone is so cool. very distinct, isn't Rob, it? I, I, Rob, Rob's on Amazon right now looking for a. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got hammer and hard. I was just gonna say, you know, I, hammer don't hurt them. But that I was like, don't say it, Rob. It's so stupid. <laughs> but so anyway, so there's all these people that recorded at these Trident Studios in London. There's like a 15 year period, and so many famous acts played some of the most amazing songs ever on this Beckstein grand piano at the Trident studios 
That's I thought incredible. we could do a list of the best songs ever at the Trident Studios that used the Grand Beckstein piano. And this is just, this is like a singular piano. A it's single piano. It's one the same piano. piano, yes. Does it still exist? Is it still alive? Oh, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you the, the history of it once oh, we get into Russell, it. Oh, Russell, this is great. Yeah, there's so a couple. Of, there's a couple of pianos. Like, I think like Austin City Limits has one they bring out. Things. I mean, there's a few like extremely oh, famous pianos. I'm very excited. I, I bet that's why he wore the baggy pants in all of his videos. What? Well, because he, he was a harder hammer. A so harder the, hammer. The, <laughs> can't touch this. He, That's like when Hammer went hard, he was like, pumps with the bump. Pumps with the bump. <laughs> he liked the girls with the pumps. He and liked the, bump. the girls with the pumps and the bumps. So the first, the first, one of the first groups that recorded, um, and they actually moved the White Album from one of the studios to the Trident so they could use this piano, and they ended up playing there for a few albums, but one of the most famous songs played on this was Hey Jude by the Beatles. Check out the piano and you'll hear it. You hear that piano? Yeah. Was it a different one that they nicknamed? Did they they nickname this piano? Like... I didn't see a nickname for it, but there could be a name for it, Matt. You could be right. I just saw it called the the Beckstein at Trident. You know what? We Remember when we were talking once about how someone voted Strawberry Fields the best Beatles song ever? I saw something where when all the Beatles music came out on iTunes in 2010, the most downloaded song was Hey Jude. So to me, that don't you think that means, hey, that's got to beat Strawberry that's, Fields? That's, that's the song you want to hear. Like, that's what you like. what you need. The, the movement you need is on yeah. your shoulder. That's the one you got to hear if you need some music. Yeah. Yeah, it gets you in the mood. I agree with Aaron. It gets you, it gets you going. Know, Rob, it's ready to go to dark restaurants. We, hey, Jude. It's like, hey, we're all ready to Jude. You guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. In my mouth. How did we get here? So the next next song on the list, as you guys know, I, I did get a hold of Rob's wedding video, and I've been looking for bridesmaids in that movie so I can give them a call and try to get a date. But while I was watching the video, I actually came across Rob's first dance song, which is Elton John, Your Song, which was played oh, on the Trident nice. Beckstein. Oh, nice. If you listen carefully, you can hear Aaron singing in the background, ruining my wedding. <laughs> yeah, I'm just out there just trying, trying my best to do a Josh Groban song. It's not working out. <laughs> Well, I didn't even pick a Josh Groban, but it's so strange. <laughs> so I had such a hard time. I had to get share one more Elton John with you guys. I, I needed to share that I, I had been watching Rob's video, but it hasn't. It's been successful, maybe. I, I should say that I have maybe got a hold of one of the bridesmaids. Oh, nice. We'll see. We'll Way see. Go. Way to go. But, uh, but actually, Elton John recorded Only there when she's times, in a bachelorette and, party. <laughs> and and one of them was Tiny Dancer, 1971. Check out the the Beckstein at the Trident here. Man, it's such a nice deep sound. Like it's a really cool piano. That's because it's too legit to quit. It's got this harder hammer. See why? Yeah, you can see why people would go to great lengths to play on it. And we've talked Tiny Dancer before. And we talked Tony Danza before, but we never talked that when Tony Danza hosted the ESPY Awards. Chris Berman actually gave him the nickname Tony Tiny Danza. Yes. And he hated it on the show. And he claimed he wanted to be nicknamed Tony Extravaganza. Oh, Tony Extravaganza. Tony Extravaganza. Rob, what would, what, would, what would Tony Danza have said at the at the ESPYs if someone called him Tony Tiny Mona, Danza? Samantha, they're calling me Tony Tiny Danza. Jonathan, get over here. Can you believe it? Oh, no. Mona stuck under the coffee table again. <laughs> Tony Extravaganza. Mona, I'm gonna spit on this coffee table. Uh, what? Oh, I'm not allowed to say no. I forgot. <laughs> Is Mona still alive? Wait a minute. I have an idea for a good bit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Googling is Mona alive. You visited this page <laughs> 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> Try explaining that Google joke. Flags that or anything? Like they need to flag that and like shut people off. Yeah. Like, hey, the guy's back and he's googling whether Mona's alive again. Yep. Uh, just to let you know, we just we turn off your internet for 24 hours if you search "Is Mona Alive?" because you've been online too much. Ne- next song on the list, 1972. I don't think she's been on our list yet. This is Carly Simon. You're so vain. Check out the piano here. Oh. Oh yeah. I hear it's that bright sound. I know. You know, I have a history with this song. What's your history? I I demanded it was the first song in my wedding. Or no, my wife demanded. Wait, (laughs) what's the joke where I'm so... Nah, can't think of it. Interesting couple things about that song. Bass player on that song was Klaus Bormann. You remember him? Was he on on that Lennon album? He was on the... He was part of the Plastic Ono, Guys, we are getting like fucking Einstein smart because of this podcast. We know a lot about music. It's not just about the flan, flaccid penis joke I made earlier. There's other (laughs) stuff we're learning. So we talked James Taylor, how he was dating... Who did he date before? Was it... uh, uh, Joni Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah, he dated Joni Mitchell. And she so he blue. was dating Carly Simon right before this. Well, and so around. a lot of people thought this was about James Taylor, but she said it was not. But the other people that people have guessed who it was about was Cat Stevens or Yusuf Islam, David Cassidy, or David Bowie. People oh. thought this song was about David Bowie. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. And didn't All Mick right, Jagger next, sing backup on that one? Yes, you're right. Joni Mitchell was uh, James Taylor's second favorite heroine. Second favorite heroine. <laughs> His first favorite heroine was just heroin. It was just heroin. Black tar. <laughs> black tar. Russell, Russell gives a knowing nod and goes, black tar. Is that what it's called? Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. I'm going to an all dark opium den later. It's going to be really fun. <laughs> all right. Next song on the list. This is 1974. This is Queen, The Seven Seas of Rye. You guys know this song? No. No, nobody knows this song, Russell. Oh, here we go. There we go. Oh, that was nice. Who's playing? Is is Freddie Mercury playing the piano on this one? That is is Freddie Mercury on the piano. Wow. Oh, that's great. And And it's kind of got some Billy Joel stylings to it. Like the... And so I was thinking like, well, what's the connection with Freddie Mercury and David Bowie? What is it? They probably had sex with each other. It's under pressure. They did under oh, pressure. Oh, together, that's right. Right. yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and you yeah, know, I thought guess, Aaron was right. Actually, guess what studio they recorded under pressure at? The Trident Studio. In oh London. man, that is an all-time. I love that song so much. Guess who lived in the apartment next door? A young lad, because it's London, Ooh. named. Vanilla Ice. And he heard that and he goes, damn, that sounds good, except for that last note, legally. Because it's like, it's like a little bit different. Yeah, it's a little bit different. The last song on the list. This song actually was on the list once before on our greatest glissando list ever. Remember that when you rip your finger up and down the piano? Yeah, it hurts. So remember, hurts, remember T-Rex, bang off. a gong, so get it on. Check this out. This was recorded on the Beckstein at the Trident. What? Yeah. It's a great song. Ah, there was the gliss. That gliss, didn't it sound kind of similar to maybe a gliss on Spiders from Mars or whatever this song that we're listening to? I would say it did. Life on Mars? Yeah. Right there. Oh, there? 
Thank Absolutely. You. Yeah. It's the same fucking You guys want to know why it sounds so similar? Yeah, why? There were actually two piano players on that song, and one of them they hired just to do the glissando. It was Rick Wakeman. It was the same Whoa. guy who played with David Bowie. They hired oh, him just to do that glissando. Oh, Isn't that God. crazy? It's amazing. He just walked in like one hour of work, just like, okay, take my check. So, so you guys were looking what happened to the piano. So they were moving it in like 1980 to a different studio and they had it in a cradle Uh-oh. and oh, it must've no. been Aaron who was running the machine oh, on it God. or something. <laughs> <laughs> they lifted it up in the air and they dropped it and it got oh. destroyed. And so they rebuilt it and it sold at some auction, but nobody knew where it ever ended up. Oh, that's yeah. horrible. <laughs> Russell, that, that list. Got me in my emotions. That's got me in my feelings. Good, huh? Wow. That was, that was up awesome. and down. I mean, it was like a keyboard. It was, it was like a eighty eight keys. I had a list with that many connections for a long time. Kudos, Russell. That's amazing. That was fun to learn about. Uh oh. Wow. I, that's it's crazy that it's one piano is that famous. They did all the thing. Plus, a, a person coming in and doing just a glissando. That's what I pictured life was like for all music majors in college. Like I'm they, studying well, real shit and they're doing like, and they're like, well, listen, this is a song about a ballooning thing over the Arctic or whatever. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of music majors, I think the reason they hired him is because he was poor at the time and they felt bad for him. So they're like, well, we can give Rick a part on this, on the uh, nice. T-Rex album and get him a paycheck. Oh. So oh, they hired great. two pianos, piano players, one for him just to do the glissando to get him some money. Yeah. Wow, we got a check here in, in the memo. It just says glissando. Do you know what that means? All right. Kooks. This was dedicated to his son. This also sounds like Paul McCartney, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I was just thinking of Paul McCartney for this half this album, but I, to me, this almost makes it sound like he's making fun of music, like in general. He's like, check what, what I can do with the music. One for his kid, right? Where he's like, welcome to yeah. the world. We're kooky. Yep. Enjoy it. I, I was reading that. Uh, he was listening to Neil Young when he found out his wife was pregnant. Kind of, I was kind of curious. What was your guys' reaction when you found out you were going to be a parent for the first time? What, what, what was your reaction? Oh, super happy. It's all I wanted. I need attention. I need attention <laughs> so bad that I will create life to get more attention. <laughs> I, I will say we found out really early. And my brother was, was here visiting us. I don't know if I've ever told him this. My brother was here visiting us. The moment we found out, but it was so early that it was like still too early to tell somebody. So it was like a like super silent, like mini celebration and then just like pretend like the rest of the weekend was normal. No big deal. But uh, yeah, totally stoked, man. Part of me was a little upset, though, when we found out because I was convinced because I was like this. Jenny and I were like, okay, we're going to have a kid. We need to have sex until we have a kid. And I was like, yes, this is it. This is going to (laughs) be. You need me to try to do that every night of the week? Hmm, well, I've only been practicing this since eighth grade. Like, this is what I've been ready for my entire life. I am, I am, I have been out in the field doing my marches. I've been doing my calisthenics. I've been getting ready. I've been laying on my back. Yeah, I've been like, I can do this. I could do this. Yay, I could do it twice a night if you really want to. It's not a big deal to me. And then literally she got pregnant in like a week and a half. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's awesome. Like, no. You know what I mean? It was like the Dan and Dave Olympics things where they were both into Catholic. They got all fired up and then one of them just didn't qualify for the. Yeah, Dave didn't even make yeah, it. Whatever, yeah, right? that was it. That was me with this thing. I was like, this is going to be the greatest. And I was like, oh, yep, it's great. I'm happy. Matt, how would you, what would you compare your response to? What Olympic event would you compare your response <laughs> oh, to finding uh, out you were going to be a dad? Uh, probably the Russian doping. <laughs> No, I mean, like, look, this will be coming out somewhere close to Mother's Day, right? And for some people, 
I'm not lying. I'm bringing it down, but it's okay. Like for some people, Mother's Day, people are trying to get pregnant, right? Mm -hmm. And they can't get pregnant. And Mother's Day is horrible. You should never ask anybody, well, how come you're not pregnant yet? And you know, well, when are you guys going to have kids and stuff like that? It is biting and it's like a knife to the heart of some people. So we had to do all sorts of stuff. So we had to do like PGD and and all of this stuff, right? And so, you know, finally, after like three and a half times of going through IVF and stuff, you know, we got Leo, which was, this is kind of a good story too. So, right. So we did all this stuff and it takes all this money to do it, right? So then the second one, so we had Leo, three and a half. Great. Everything's happy. So the second time we figure out that they, they you can do insurance on this, right? And so you can essentially upfront buy two rounds, right? Uh-oh. So if you have it on the first one, it's double. If you have it on the second one, you paid whatever. And on the third one, well, you got it for like a third of the, you know, two thirds of the cost, whatever. If you didn't get pregnant after three, you got like 60% of the money back for this kind of a deal, right? What kind of weird so, system is this? It, well, it's it, a very it, it, elaborate scam. Yeah. So, so of course we're like, well, we'll just pay for the insurance. That's why it took three and a half times last time. So as you can guess, how many times do you think it took with Eddie to get uh, for the yep. for the stick one in and have it start cooking. Yeah. How long do you think? Just one first time. time. First, yeah, yeah, first, first time. time. So, yeah, one time. Exactly. That's yep. fucking yep. kids, man. <laughs> Even before they're fucking born, they're just taking right. that money exactly. from you like crazy. But so we paid double, ended up with a kid. Who cares? Everybody's happy, kind of. A thing. There, there's some there's some analyst sitting in a cube like Aaron looking at the insurance yep. payments like these suckers. We're gonna yeah, get yeah. them now. <laughs> bitches, so. so yeah, so so uh, Russell, it was a very long journey, and it was awesome, and it was great. And please, my only PSA is. Never, ever, 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 ever ask anybody, well, how come you're not pregnant yet? Or when you got, how many kids you guys, you know, things like you don't know what people are going through. So, and Russell, I want to say that my wife never said that this was a very long journey. (laughs) (laughs) It was was more like a centimeters jersey, not a kilometers jersey, right? (laughs) Jersey, are you saying jersey? Journey. I think she said it was a very wide journey. She was like, this journey she is was, like, it's, she it's said, like yeah, wide. It was, a, it was actually a short, but wide. So actually it's kind of the same if you go by volume, really. It's like a, it's like when they change the shape of the Mountain Dew bottles. Like it's still the same amount. It just looks weird. Like a really, it's like a thumbs like, yeah. journey, but like wide. It looks weird compared to maybe others that they've seen. And it's not a big deal. It's like, oh, this is the, I'm not used to this wide mouth bottle. You know, it's like, well, this is all it all comes in now for the rest of your life, actually. All right, quick sing. <laughs> this was not my favorite song in that no. album. This was probably my least favorite. He's bringing up some Aleister Crowley stuff, which I don't even get. It's like witches and stuff. Yeah, the but. lyrics on this one are, they, they, they definitely get more sort of esoteric and impenetrable. At some point, David Bowie did just start having computers make lyrics for him. Like he would work with programs to just, or he'd pick words out of a hat. I think everybody's trying to analyze his lyrics and he's probably like, yeah, you know, I just put some words together. I don't know. I, I Or I'm dumb. I, did, I, I'm listened dumb to, I listened to this album on repeat all day today and then I threw in Black Star, his last album once, which I think still is amazing. Um, but it is, it, it's very like Radiohead adjacent so it can be sometimes abrasive to listen to. But uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes he was just saying things because they sounded good. Same, I mean, my, like, why do I keep bringing up Paul McCartney? But McCartney would do the same thing. Like, let me just make up some words that sound nice to this music. And sometimes like when you're behind a microphone, you say things that you don't really mean. And maybe you're playing a character and it's not really what you think. And actually, you're kind of a nice guy. So, Aaron, I forgive you. Fill your Thank heart. You. Appreciate you. It's the only one on the album not written by Bowie. Fear is in your head. 
But who wrote this song? I don't know. Who cares? Uh, now this is my favorite song on the album. I know I said really. I know I said Life on Mars is a top five, so I guess this has got to be top four. After that, Beach Boys and that one song I can't remember, but I want to say it's a Christmas song. Is it Mariah Carey's Christmas song? I think it might be. That might be number three. This I is. I think An- you were thinking of Backdoor Santa. Oh God, you're right. That is one of the greatest songs of all time. <laughs> I love music. Uh, Andy Warhol, which I love this track. I think it sounds so, so good. Is this the one that started with the squeaking and the beeping yes. and stuff at the yeah, beginning? Yeah, they let some kind of studio back talk go on. And he's like, it's not Warhol, it's Warhol. This is so good. It's a pretty interesting uh, documentary on Netflix right now about Andy Warhol. And, What's it called? Uh, I think Andy Warhol. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I got there's like nine episodes and I got through like three. I mean, it's it's some pretty heavy stuff. Yeah, well, I think it's a lot not like sufficient. It's yeah. a lot like Andy Warhol, right? Where everybody's like, "This is really super fucking important," and then you actually learn about the guy, and you're like, "I don't get it." Like, I don't get. Yeah. Like even this, they sent this song to Andy Warhol to be played to play it. And he never said anything about it. He didn't. Bowie's like, I have no idea if he liked it or what. He, yeah. It's, it's, I, I don't know. Every time I see somebody by Andy Warhol, I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay. I did like the, I did like the, uh, the I don't know if it's an acoustic guitar, what it is, but it was kind of yeah. a fun, fun music. I didn't get the lyrics at all, but whatever. That acoustic guitar reminds me of the who, I don't know who's doing it. Like I keep thinking we, we hear these Bowie albums and, and I don't know. We hear the, we hear the Elton John type influence or style and the who, and the Beatles, and I don't know who was influencing who, but yeah. um, it's all kind of part of the same. Matt, you were the who. talking, and I spoke over you. Yeah, guess who, the though? Yeah, the guess who? Wait, no, but who is who influencing? <laughs> yes, but yeah, I don't yes. know who was, yes. but it seems like it was all part of the same scene. Like they yeah. must have been listening to each other and them. All right, song for Bob Dylan. Just like they were listening. Are to Bob you Dylan. talking about the band? Yeah, the band, them. <laughs> Ooh. You guys hear yes. Freebird in that guitar? I, I heard Leonard Skinner the whole time, Aaron. Yes, That's what I heard, too. too. Yes. I was Googling Leonard Skinner, David Bowie earlier today. Yeah. And this is like five years before Skinner's first album, right? I was right? going to say, so Skinner didn't come out to like it. 76, 77 with this song, right? Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't know if there's any link that Skinner listened to this or what, but I, I heard it too, Aaron. Uh, Queen Bitch. Love, Love it. it. Yeah. yeah. And how much does this sound like oh. Ziggy Stardust, right? This could yeah, be right on Ziggy Stardust. Classic song. You can really hear Ziggy, I mean, that next album in this one right here. I was kind of, I, I kind of wish this was the end. I, I oh, know yeah. sometimes you close with a slower song, but I, I wish that would have been the end. I love that yeah, song. What, I'm with you, Russell. 1,000%. I mean, I'll play the Beulie Brothers, but it's like... It's just it's word salad again. It's another one of his word salad songs right. where he just does whatever he wants. So there we go. Folks, that is it for David Bowie, Hunky Dory. It turns out we're all kind of big Bowie fans. We didn't know it before, but I think we we love him now. Uh, let's yeah, know. let's get into our rating system. It's popular. It's patented. People are doing it in the dark. The patented and very popular Beck did it better rating system. Oh, yeah. What would be the worst date to do in the dark, do you think? Like, absolute bottom of the barrel. Uh, axe throwing? <laughs> 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 <Pretty bad>. <laughs> <laughs> yep, can't top that. That would be pretty good. 
Let's get into the rating system. It, it, probably, it probably would be like one of those bullshit speed dating things where you go and then you've got to meet people <laughs> and then you, oh, this person sounds really interesting. And then you see him at the end. That would be the oh, worst. All you, all you, if I was doing that, I would be like, they can hear how heavy I'm breathing. That would be my only thought. <laughs> Again, Rob, they probably have music or other people oh. talking. They can't hear everything that's going on. I don't know why, but in on. my mind, it's silent. It's like, a, it's like one of those float chambers. Aaron, have you ever been in a float chamber? Yes, we haven't we talked about that? I've been in a float chamber yeah. twice. It's amazing. Yeah, we have talked about it. Oh, I love it. Fuck, I was going to put that in air in or air out, but you just ruined it, Aaron. So <laughs> thanks a lot. Just like your new car. <laughs> now, uh, let's talk about... It's not ruined. It's going to get fixed. It's going to be fixed to a pre-loss I'm picturing condition. Aaron have, driving up. I have the quote from the with insurance his, company. With his tan-colored Hyundai, and then the door is like a much darker tan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I screwed that up too, honey. Sorry about that. 88, Hunky Dory. 88th greatest album of all time time if we think that's good we're going to say this is and this is this is a system i came up with okay so that's actually part of the reason why the guys love it they celebrate it they think it's great this is everybody's favorite part of the podcast they definitely don't just fast forward to hear the ending joke which is what i assume people do but do they do you think what part do you think people fast forward to if they're going to fast forward through something would it be the ending until, joke? Until it's over. Till it's over. Uh, they just no. They, until... Yeah, it's already shut off. They just want to hear what's happening in uh, Rosie's life, and then after that, <laughs> they just shut <laughs> it off. And they're done. That's kind of so, how I feel a lot of times actually on yeah. this podcast. Uh, that is a rolling well toned. If it's perfect at eighty eight, if it you thought it should have been higher, it shouldn't be this low. Well, guess what? Just like at an adult party that Aaron wants to go to, uh, it got rolling boned. Okay, it should be higher up on the list, which in this case would be a lower number. But in our case on the podcast, it would actually be lower. Uh, no, yeah, it would be lower on your phone because it would be earlier in history. And of course, your podcast app is chronological. Uh, and speaking of chronological, if you think that this is no good, okay, just like apparently I think chronological stuff, uh-uh, don't need it. Spider-Man, I'll watch it any damn way I please. Thank you very much. Uh, that would be a rolling groan. You don't like it. You don't think it's good. Unlike certain segments of the podcast, which some people keep doing, even though they know it's not good. In fact, when they edit the podcast, they're starting to do things like watch other things or listen to other podcasts while they're editing the podcast. Doesn't seem like maybe that's a good sign for the podcast, but it's fine. I'm sure it's, it's going to all work out. Uh, listen, that was that's the rating system. That was a long run, man. I, I, I don't know how many. That, that was like one breath in that hole. That was pretty good. Very impressive. I've been running in the dark. <sighs> Sir, you're at dinner. Why are you breathing so hard? Yeah, it's dinner. Uh, all right. So what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling grown? Matt, what do you think? I think it's rolling well-toned. Uh, I struggle to see, like, there's like, this is just an awesome album, but it's definitely like a, a very, very good album. Um, and so like, is there too much Bowie in the top 100? I don't know. I mean, this is pretty close to the Ziggy, you know, from a time standpoint. Mm -hmm. So good point. You know, maybe it should be a little bit lower. I don't know, but I but because I do like it so much, I'll just say it's rolling well toned. Um, I but this I think this album is better than Station to Station, right? Yeah, it's, it's I think it's way better, way better. It's not even close in my mind, but I don't know. I like I like I like a guy just singing on the piano and singing and with a guitar and singing. I love it, Russell. What do you think? Rolling well toned, rolling bone, or rolling groan? Guys, we've talked before how Beck is, was inspired by Bowie. I think he covered one of his albums with an orchestra before, but Beck did an interview with Rolling Stone about how Bowie inspired him. He said, Bowie's always been a guidepost or a gravitational force for me. He's someone you set your course to or measure what you're doing against. 
And he actually said his real entry point into music was Hunky Dory, which he wow. listened to when he was 12 years old. So he always he always loved Bowie and he loved this album. So when it comes to being inspired by David Bowie and then inspiring this podcast, who did it better? Beck did it better. And Bowie was right. Yes. These 12-year-olds taking over. Okay. Bowie's, yes. Bowie's not even alive anymore. Uh <laughs> I, I love I love the music. I love the piano and guitar. And I was telling Rob this beforehand. One of my probably five favorite things we've done or that I've experienced through doing the podcast other than having fun with you guys is being exposed to David Bowie music. I was never a fan before, but I just absolutely love this. I don't know if he should have three in the top hundred. Like Matt said, there's so many people we haven't listened to, but I just really enjoyed it. I'm going to say it's rolling bone. It should be higher on the list. My top five moments from the podcast is Aaron crashing the car. Uh, yes. And then number two is Aaron buying the car. So those are my, yes. <laughs> my, my third will be hearing about Aaron's experience with the, the repair. Band yeah. Yeah. Too. Tune in next week to find out how it goes. It's an eight day repair. So we'll see how it goes. My list was not in chronological order. So I hate that shit. Aaron, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone or rolling grown? Um, and uh, Matt and Russell both make great points. Uh, I agree with Matt. Uh, and Rob, I, 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 don't, I don't remember what even was on Station to Station. I remember I liked it when we uh, heard it. So I, I, like Golden Years, that was like, the, oh, I think yeah. that is his, one of his best songs. I That's true, so yeah. I, it's I, I it's like hard that. to leave that one out. No. Yeah. So yeah, Bowie, I'm, I'm the same as you guys. Like I never listened to Bowie. He's been a great discovery for me. I will never get tired of listening to his albums. Uh, I, it seems like maybe three in the top 100 is too many, but we're just talking about this album right now. I never got tired of it. Uh, I did listen to George Harrison, all things must pass today because I wanted to say that one should be higher than this one, but I still think this is, I still, and, and shout out to my brother who loves that, that album, but I still think this one's better. So I'm going to call it uh, rolling well toned. All cars must pass by your retaining wall. Um, yeah. <laughs> none shall over. pass. None shall over. pass. Yeah. Over the retaining wall. You got to get, Past it, you can't get over. None shall. I think. Pass. What, I think David Boy though is ultimately. What a, is your name? Ultimately, what <laughs> is your quest? <laughs> How do you get your car stuck up the top of a retaining wall? <laughs> Drive car good. You did not. <laughs> uh, Why do they call him Little Rosie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know, Matt. Do you know? I, I just know. hear it all the time. It's weird. Like he's taller. I think he's taller, right? Why do they call him little? Broader shoulders, too. Yeah, he's taller. feet? I don't know. Penis looks like Yoda, it does. Wait, are you saying (laughs) Yoda looks like a penis? Or are you saying the penis looks like Yoda? Here's the thing, guys. I always, I think David Bowie is ultimately a tragic story because getting drafted before Michael Jordan and not having that great of a career. (laughs) You just hate to see it. You know what I mean? Surprised he was that good on the guitar with all those crazy. It's crazy to me. Listen, I bet he couldn't step on any Wawa. No Wawa. I didn't any Wawa. He couldn't step on it. That's a good joke. Okay. That's actually, that is a good joke. (laughs) Joe, Joe from Woodbury appreciates that one more than anybody. This album is a rolling under appreciation. Nobody knew how good this album was until he came out with other good albums. And they're like, Oh, this album was actually pretty good. It gives me such hope for this podcast that somebody's going to come along in the future. Some sort of audio archaeologist is going to dig back and go, you know, if you actually listen back through the 300 hours that they have put out currently, you'll get why Matt not eating vegetables is such a funny gag or why the airplane thing is so good. You just have to get way into it. And I, that, I'm happy about that. It you know, makes me think that maybe I'm not just wasting my life here. All right. So anyway, on that positive note, <laughs> next up, we have an album that's inspired by an old Nintendo game. 
the game. Uh, did you guys ever play Bad Dudes? Yeah. All right. This is Baduism by Erica Badu. <laughs> the ultimate bad dude. Bad dude. It, it was like Double Dragon, but not quite yeah. Double Dragon. It was like Double Dragon with guys with cut off jeans. Yeah. <laughs> Erica Bad Dude. If you want to hear from guys I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. Guys, do we need to start re-recording? I had my fly down. Oh my time. god! <laughs> hey guys, just ignore me. I'm going to turn my video off here. Uh... <laughs> oh. oh, this bread! Oh, this bread is so good. He's eating the bread again. Oh man, I love spitting on this bread. <laughs> Guys, dinner in the dark. Oh, I'm telling you. I don't know why you wouldn't want to do something like that. I have dinner in the dark all the time. Just put the covers up over my head. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> We're not saying no. We're not, not saying, saying no. no. You have to say yes. <laughs>